Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Horseman. Back in the 20s, we reviewed a very famous Welcome indeed to Podcast Horseman, the Bojack Horseman podcast, a spoiler-free episode-by-episode audio review podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series Bojack Horseman. I'm a socially distanced Michael Hamflet. And I'm a socially distanced Adam Nicholas. And the big question this week, Michael, is are Spirographs the new fidget spinners? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you'll find out on this week's episode of Podcast Horseman. But either way, you can call us the foot of the plane because, of course, we are all business to begin with. You can follow this podcast on Twitter or Instagram at podcast horseman you can also if you'd like to follow either of your hosts you can follow me on twitter and instagram at it's adam nicholas and you can follow michael hamflet at michael hamflet and um, you can get this podcast on apple Podcasts, where we'd love you to follow or subscribe on spotify where we would love you to follow on there on amazon music where yeah 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 i know that the prime service may be a little bit annoying but at least you get to learn what the actors have been in and while you're learning what those actors have been in just slide a little bit to the right and download podcast horseman pretty much anywhere we can get podcast horseman uh sorry no where you can get podcasts that you can get us including on Acast, where every friday on the app podcast horseman twitter feed you can stream or subscribe from the Acast link um, and on several of those platforms we would love you if you're able to leave us a five star review you know the deal by now um any five star review helps us fool the algorithms shout out to all our new friends in the likes of romania vietnam and kazakhstan where algorithms have been getting fooled nationwide propelling us to the top of the podcast chart we love seeing that and it gets more people talking themselves horse about talking horse it's not just for our vanity and indeed it's not just for us if you want to leave us a five-star review and um, you stand a chance of getting entered into our hollywood talk of fame you get your very own star on that talk of fame you can check out our instagram account or on twitter see what some of those lovely stars as created by adam Nicholas himself look like another one of those coming at the end of this episode yes indeed and you know what michael it's not about vanity but it certainly helps and, I, and also <laughs> it makes it a bit of a Feel good story, some might say. Which, funnily enough, if we move across to Netflix for this week's synopsis for season six, episode three, that's exactly the title of the episode Feel Good Story. Girl Crush sends Diane on the road with rugged cameraman Guy, but she balks when they ask her to produce more feel good stories. So I guess she won't be doing the video version of our look. Aren't we great? Leave us a five star rating. But she might be featured heavily in this episode, I get the feeling, Michael. Indeed. We have not had anywhere near enough Diane in season six, and this was the perfect antidote to that. We find not enough episode... of the big D this episode, Michael. 
Indeed, in, in big deed. Um, we find Diane interviewing a farmer for her latest pivot to video part of her job, Crucian USA. If you recall that brief glimpse we got of Diane last week, she was interviewing a politician in a wheat field. There was never any contacts provided. It turns out it's for reasons such as this. Um, it's, of course, what we've learned at the end of last season, where Girl Crucian's pivoting predominantly to video, and Diane will be the, at the front of that. Um, it appears to be an interview about potato farming. However, she very quickly turns it into a bit of gotcha journalism. It turns out to be a bit of a sting on the farmer himself. She outs him as a sex trafficker. Uh, he bails immediately at this shocking revelation. Um, and we then get a montage of her various cruise stories, all acting as hit pieces in disguise. They start off as something fairly light and fluffy, as what you'd imagine from what we've learned about the, the YouTube sort of crucian USA content. But it instead is her trying to bring various systems, systems down across America. Um, we see Diane and her cameraman Guy driving around the country, trying to get various scoops, um, trying to put local corruption on the agenda. And then they go for the beers at the end of the day. It looks very convivial or looks very nice. Um, by the looks of things, everything seems to be buzzing along quite nicely, certainly from this montage. It appears as if she's been able to make the best of what at first appeared to be quite a bad situation within Gilcruz. Um, we see them at the end of a workday checking into a hotel. Um, as Diane notes to Guy that um, <clears throat> Philip Morris, Disney, Fox, AT&T, AOL, Time Warner, PepsiCo, Halliburton, Skynet, Toyota, Trader Joe's have been acquired by White Whale. Sorry, little... didn't get that, Mega. What was it again? <laughs> you goddamn look. Yeah, well, obviously, the big major conglomerate that we know in the world of Bojack Horseman, Philip Morris, Disney, Fox, AT&T, AOL, Time Warner, PepsiCo, Halliburton, Skynet, Toyota, Trader Joe's, have been acquired by another major organisation, White Whale. But a little bit more on that later. Um, they go into the room, and uh, unfortunately, the hotel has only given them one bed. Obviously, <gasps> less, less than ideal for a couple of work colleagues. Guy protests, swears that he did indeed try to book a twin room, until it's revealed that it's just a bit between the two of them. They kiss, they appear to go to have sex on that double bed, and that bit of coitus takes us to the credits. Adam Nicholas, a lot here. Um, content that we thought that Diane was dead against has become something that, miraculously, she's been able to turn into something quite worthy and, in the process, start a new relationship with a brand-new character, Guy. Cold open, but really quite warm. Lots to get to in this one. Some might even call it a feel-good story, Michael. <laughs> He's done it again! Do you get it? Twice in seven minutes, look at that. It's, it's not going to get any older, I promise. <laughs> and brilliantly, though, I think you've kind of said, yeah, miraculously Diane managed to turn these pieces into good. This is what she's really good at. She's mm. like the best. Diane is amazing at her job when she's allowed to just actually do it and go, go ahead and be creative and express and turn all of her passions into some kind of creative content, which is exactly what she's doing. No surprises turned out well. But I tell you what, man, it's just nice to see her enjoying herself, having a good time with our guy, Guy. Already like this guy. Just I like the look <laughs> of him. I like the way he's taking care of Diane. I like the way Diane's taking care of him. I like the whole thing, Michael. Big fan. No, oh, it's very nice. It's um that kind of the need for Diane to find any kind of professional or personal satisfaction over the last three years feels for the first time in a long time actually satiated by a mere sort of 
what, 30 seconds, 40 seconds of an introduction. Um, it's a short, sharp shock, but it's so welcome. Yeah, and they do really cram a lot into this as well. There's a lot of um, sort of jumping around between montages of the pages that she's posting on the Girl Cruise website. More on mm. those later on during the hosting around segment. But she just looks like she's in her element, doesn't she? Which is, mm. it feels like it's been a while since we could probably say that about Diane. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mention that because the episode starts proper with yet a, another montage. This one's a really beautifully shot one as well. We find Diane and Guy getting up in the hotel room basically from the night before um, just kind of getting ready for the day. That usual checking out things that you would expect from a couple leaving the room. But it's narrated by Bojack, who is talking through a letter that he has wrote Diane from rehab. Um, he's feeling positive broadly. Um, and the, the tone is all very nice and gentle, then, but it's ever so slightly broken up by Bojack's frustration with a fellow patient, Beverly, while at the same time we see Guy um, arguing with somebody on the balcony of the hotel room about being able to see his son. So it's a little clue into the personal life of Guy there. Um, but ultimately, they leave the room. All is fairly well between them. And Bojack signs off at the same time saying, quote, your friend, Bojack. P.S. Horseman, obviously, because what would it be without that from Bojack? Um, Guy and Diane are going to do a piece in Guy's hometown of Chicago, where a new white whale building is being built. Of course, obviously, the company that was mentioned in the cold open um, over giant Chicago <laughs> sandwiches in a, a local Chicago diner. Um, Diane and Guy get a call from Stefani, bollocking them into doing some good news stories for more views. This was kind of like when I was referencing, obviously, that it was miraculous. As you say, Diane would, of course, do great work, but unfortunately, great work isn't always rewarded with clicks, and that's Stefani's <laughs> key concern. Um, over the phone, on speakerphone, to the uh, two of them, Guy just sort of agrees, yes, we'll get it done, no problem. Uh, they hang up, and Diane is less than impressed. Um, he just wins her around because they're getting to have fun together. He says, if it means they can spend more time together, kind of nailing everything professionally and personally, then why not make videos about whatever Stefani wants? Um, content for content's sake, because them two are content. Um, we cut to a rather fluffy interview with two toy shop owners. This is indeed that kind of good news content. They're doing some dolls that don't adhere to traditional and unrealistic beauty standards. It's a local... Uh, I'm oh, sorry, I don't, I don't know why, but I've just really found that funny. Dolls, when you try to stumble your way through dolls that dear, da, 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 <laughs> just really entertain me there. Sorry to interrupt you. Carry on. It's all right. I was trying to match the alliteration they do in the episode, but I am no Amy Sedaris. <laughs> that is apparent. Um, yeah, it's it's all very nice, small businessy, local traders done good. The industry, the industry they're in seems like ethically sound, all that kind of stuff. And then things start to turn a little bit when Diane asks a couple of questions about recycled materials. There's awkward miscommunications where there's obviously the two young business owners. Neither of them wants to really reveal the truth. And then it turns out that recycled materials are the least of their concerns because the toy store has been taken over by Toys Galore, which is yet another subsidiary of White Whale. We are learning indeed that these are the big kingmakers lurking in the background of virtually everything Diane is finding herself involved in. Uh, Diane subsequently struggles to stay positive about the situation, um, but Guy says after the fact as a leaving that he can probably edit around her cynicism, which gets louder and more pronounced as the interview wraps. Um, there's a nice moment between the two of them as they're outside in the cold Chicago weather where Guy gives Diane his coat um, and invites her around to his friend's house to watch the game that evening. They both kind of 
acknowledge that is this a little moment in their relationship but that's tempered slightly when we get to guy's apartment and he introduces diane mostly as a woman he works with he kind of stumbles over the best way to acknowledge her they're the big g word i guess or that they're dating or anything along those lines is not something he wants to entertain just quite yet um yeah he settles on woman i work with um, and when he briefly put his arm around it of course in a an amazing reference to what Diane saw Mr. Peanut Butter do to pickles that time when she found herself in floods of tears outside the window of the party. She actually steps away. It's not quite that with him yet. Um, she goes off to the, the toilet just to take a little breather. Um, but while she's in there, Guy bundles in unexpectedly. His son, the son that we, of course, we heard about earlier that maybe doesn't have the best relationship with his son's mother, has arrived unexpectedly and understandably he's not too comfortable with his son meeting the women in his life so soon which is the case with him and diane he very politely asks if she'll leave out the window she is very understanding of the situation and agrees to do just that she climbs down the toilet window not before thanking him for inviting her around to his house in the first place it's all very nice and convivial in spite of the awkwardness in the back and forth and then as she sort of stood outside the house, Guy throws her packed suitcase out of another window and she's got kind of clean away from this situation. Um, as Diane sort of shivers and shakes towards the um, next hotel where she's going to be staying for the night, obviously, um, Bojack narrates another letter um, about it. this time Beverly stealing his snack kit. Um, he marked it with a B. Um, she's only just got there and she's seeing this as a B for Beverly rather than for Bojack. Um, it's all very petty and very, very Bojack, but he's almost relishing the opportunity to talk about this very normal bickering type of experience of rehab. Far and away from what we saw of Bojack, Bojack in episode one, his experience of rehab has become almost the same as how he would act on set petty with another actor it just so happens that this case is a patient in rehab in the meantime uh diane is shivering through chicago um because of the snow she sees a coat in the window that looks strangely like the jacket she's got on that would make a perfect winter coat and she finds a hotel just next door to that shop um she's walking in the night by a call from stefani um the last video that they did quote made an impression on white whale so much so that they bought girl cruise or actually to be clear oh. stefani lays out White Whale didn't buy Girl Crush. They bought Fuddrucker and merged it with Dow Chemical to create Spronk. Spronk acquired Univision. Hang on, which hang on, hang on, hang on. To create, I think you'll find Spronk. Spronk. <laughs> with the exclamation mark, all points on the subtitles. Spronk acquired Univision, incorporating Girl Crush into the Gizmodo branded Mist of Advertorial. Simple, yeah? Uh, Stefani is richer than ever. Girl Crush has now been rebranded. <laughs> Content spew. Which, jeez, uh, uh, I'm just going to leave that there. Um, oh, that's good, gosh. That's a good point to take a break. Um, I think there. A lot of plot after after just the <laughs> nice. <laughs> after just the nice, we are back to the nasty of the industry that Diane has found herself in. She is no longer crushing it across America. She is making corporate content for content spew and things with Guy have gone from uh, meet cute to escaping from his bathroom window uh, as one as one uh, door closes, another window opens for poor Diane. Oh, man. 
Do you remember when we were talking about a feel-good story a little while ago? <laughs> it was all going so nicely, wasn't it? And then we should have known, really, because Diane never gets to have a cake and eat it. <laughs> That's not how it works in this show. I mean, let's just address this now, because Sprunk uh, quite literally had me in stitches, not only because of the fact of, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be one of those people who's like, oh, well, we're also in the content game. But, like... Mm. It hit home a lot of this. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it's content and it's, <laughs> and it's that. I'm constantly producing stuff and trying to find the, the lines between like good stuff and what stuff's actually going to get clicked on. And then mm-hmm. the actual name <laughs> being turned to Spronk for one thing <laughs> was bad enough. But then from Spronk to get the rebrand as Content Spew. <laughs> God. I mean, look, for people who might not understand the day to day of just like, having to put out constant content for people to click on who are bored on the toilet. Like, content spew is probably quite an apt name, really, isn't it? Um, maybe not yeah. only want logo to be branded after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just didn't want to look in the mirror for several days after watching yeah. it. But yes, I completely agree. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot landed here, obviously. Um, mm. That's just because just the frigging... The horse doesn't get enough attention as it is anyway. Let's pivot to let's pivot to Bojack in the same way Diana's pivoted to video. Interesting development with Beverly as mm. a person that you can absolutely visualize without ever, you know, a little spoiler for the episode, without ever seeing her face, you can mm. absolutely visualize her as one of Bojack's um, peers, I guess, in rehab, a fellow patient, Beverly. Incredibly easy to visualize, even though we never see her face. We've seen for years now. Bojack interacting not just with people on locations and on sets, but Bojack interacting with the women in his life. Bojack interacting with people that he gets very easily frustrated with. Bojack interacting with the people that ever so slightly he might be falling in love with and then doesn't know how to cope with those emotions and thus lashes out. It's all happening in the form of these letters that he is writing to Diane about this woman, Beverly. It's consuming very quickly his entire experience of rehabilitation it is playing to the fact that he gets well addicted for the want of a better phrase obsessed with one Mm. small thing that then explodes outward and in a way it's quite nice because we're we're told earlier on that the very premise for Bojack writing letters is to assist in his you know successful rehabilitation and is it working because by talking through these issues with Beverly to Diane, which at this point he doesn't know what she's reading and what she's not, we're just hearing this narration. This is him actually coping rather than just bojacking it in San Diego. Yeah, bo- bojacking it in San Diego <laughs> sounded like something different entirely. <laughs> as it should. But as it should. But it's 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 weird seeing how he's managing to adapt to life inside rehab, or certainly. What is happening while he's at rehab is probably mm. a better way of putting it. Adapted might be too good of a uh, too positive of a phrase to put on it. But I just love the way that this is kind of that mirror image, isn't it? Of um from season what season would it be? Three, four, three, five? <laughs> <laughs> where at the start of the season Bojack has gone missing. So he leaves at the end of season mm. three, right? And then yes, yeah. opens season four when he goes to the old Sugarman place. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I, I just love the way this mimics that old, like Diane's narration there at the beginning, along with Bojack's here. That's right, yeah, back, yeah. Back and forth between the two. Like, a, a good twist on it, because, I mean, we love a Diane episode anyway, but just hearing mm. the way Bojack, it's kind of very much his 
B plot with Bojack and Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> and the the compared to what Diane's going through, basically, just completely pointless, really. This isn't it. Like it's not yeah. as relevant in any way, shape, or form. No, it's I. The more trivial it is, the better for the for the the episode overall, I suppose. Yeah. Not least because it's happening within a hundred thousand dollar every six weeks rehabilitation center yeah. that you can get this pissy over arguments yeah. over snacks at a hundred thousand dollars per six weeks is uh it's very bojack horse some it, expensive really? snacks <laughs> <laughs> indeed um at white whale now um with diane and guy they're watching a welcome to white whale video of course having been taken over by the company um it's effectively propaganda about capitalism ultimately and the crushing reality of the modern world in which big businesses just strangle and destroy smaller enterprises um it plays like something the company would have produced for schools in the 1950s um it tries to make simple the horrific tenets of its like aggressive, greedy, capitalistic nature, and how obviously yeah, white whale. We we all know the gag here, like the ways in which it has just put a thumb on every form of enterprise as, as just a way to dominate the narrative. Ultimately, as much as anything else, you get a few little cartoon sprites. Um, the owner, Jeremiah White Whale, is kind of presented as this nicey, nicey, friendly face of capitalism. Even if you know the story they're telling us is one of an evil corporate billionaire. Um, Diane questions aloud if they're somehow supposed to be charmed by this video, but ultimately um, it doesn't really matter. They're given two enormous, by a manager who is there, not, I should point out, um, not Jeremiah Whitewell, but the manager, Barbara, um, gives them two enormous binders of every company to consider when they're doing videos for content spew. And if you consider the ones that we've named already in this episode and assume it's 10 times that, it's going to put ludicrous restrictions on the videos that they can make and obviously specifically the ones that Diane and Guy have been trying to do with some success when they were just doing it for Girl Cruise. Um At the diner together again, the Chicago diner eating very Chicago sandwiches, uh, they wonder if the whole purchase happened just to kill their videos, certainly seems likely, and realise that this is now possibly the end of their personal and professional relationship. Um, Diane notes she has a new book in mind that has kind of got LA calling her back. I did write down the name of this one, Nicholas. I don't know if you happen to catch this. Maybe we'll mm. both get a go. It's, um, it's an interesting book. I'm very interested. It's called... Have you got the title there, have you? Well, I'll see if I can get this one right. Oh, okay. It's called... One last thing, and then I swear to God, I'll shut about this forever. Comma. Dispatches from the front lines of the war on women. Semicolon. Arguments, opinions, reflections, recollections, and the razor tax. And then Guy says maybe the title needs a little bit of work and perhaps she's going into the details of the paragraph. I like that. I, I, to be fair, I felt quite inspired by much of that title. Somebody should do something with that. It feels quite catchy, that as well. I feel like there's a real ring to it. Um, I, I, think, I, think, I, I think Guy might, be missed, might, might have missed the mark there, Guy. <laughs> I, think, I think it could stick, Guy. Um, he um, pitches, though, doing one more video before they part ways and leave all of this behind. Um Diane gets the bit between her teeth about a white whale piece, something that she believes earnestly, I should point out, that can bring this monster of an organisation down. Uh, she puts it, quote, here's a feel-good story, me feeling good about taking those assholes down. <laughs> and it's really, again, it's really quite sweet. She's unable to mask her enthusiasm for trying to fight back. And it's that low, the kind of duality of Diane as a person, I think is quite mm. nice in this scene. Um, Guy takes her to Art Initiative Chicago, a museum in Chicago, and they meet Isabel, 
um, a Tribune star reporter. Uh, she's a older woman. <laughs> here we go. She's an older woman with an eye patch that has been obsessed <laughs> with that has been obsessed with white whale. Are you getting this? Are you getting oh, this joke? Are you getting it? Are you getting it? <laughs> to, the, to the extent that it has virtually ruined her life, have you got this fucking joke? Yeah. She had one story about the disappearance of a low-level white whale employee, Matt Minoman, um, but she was moved off it by her editor, so it's now open to Diane and Guy. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to Moby Dick about this with this no. one, but yeah, no. there, was a joke, there was a joke laid in here, I think. Um, <laughs> Somewhere in there, there was a joke. <laughs> it's, uh, it's open to Diane and Guy, so they have a walk back to Guy's house through the snow, and in a lovely, sweet moment, obviously, because she's still only got her LA jacket, he gives her his big coat. A montage, a montage of them rather sweetly strolling through the snow plays underneath Bojack's latest letter. He's still on this bullshit with Beverly. He wrote <laughs> um, BH on his snack. Um, but, <laughs> but she thought it meant Beverly. Here you go. <laughs> As he gets, it's really nicely framed this. As he gets more and more aggrieved about this it's juxtaposed with diane and guy just having an even nicer time in the snow they land back at guy's apartment they're kissing they go to bed together bojack is now letting us all know that beverly doesn't even eat the snacks and <laughs> gives them to him anyway so he's oh. now whinging about the snacks that he has eaten but it's because beverly took them in the first place it's a principal thing diane he says quote the universe has a way of looking out for us if we just stop fighting it. And his uh, missive ends with, quote, I guess it's working. I hope things are working out for you too. And this is the point specifically, I think, where the letters start to marry up with what's going on in Dan's life. Whereas at first, it's felt like just a nice narrative device to include Bojack in the episode. Now we're seeing the mirroring. Um, he's learning bigger things from this experience with Beverly. He's trying to take, you know, some of the words ultimately going in some of the things that he's listening to in the group therapy and in horse therapy it's it's actually going in and he's looking at a situation in this case beverly here you go having his snacks and then giving them back as being a bit of a life lesson and he's thinking of others he's thinking of diane wanting it to go well and in contrast to that with i sort of say sort of in confluence with that we're seeing that maybe diane is coming to some similar conclusion itself albeit through an entirely different experience I mean, leave it to Bojack Horseman, the show, to tie these two together in a way that you probably wouldn't have thought possible, like, in thematically feeling like these two were very different journeys of exploration, mm. and yet both of them starting to maybe start to figure a situation out and maybe start to get, dare we say it, dare we say it, because it is early yet, mind, get some positives out of all of this. Two at the same time. You, it doesn't. Yep. It almost doesn't feel right. You feel the ground shaking beneath your feet when you're watching it because it's happening at the same time for both of them. I actually feel like Diane and Bojack are essentially two tectonic plates who should never ever come into <laughs> each other. If they're both being happy at the same time and moving in that direction, they're going to collide and there's going to be sort of a cataclysmic world event <laughs> that, is, that cannot be held. It doesn't feel right, does it? It's no. unprecedented territory. This. It's uh, it's unpleasantly pleasant, I think, um, as is the story that Diane is researching, having been given this lead. Um, we see her get up in the middle of the night enthusiastically, like doing as much sort of digging as she can on Matt Minoman. Um, there was a, quote, accident at the White Whale Warehouse. 
and he was found dead after a late shift. Diane is relaying all this off to Guy as he wakes up in the morning to find that she's been up all night working on this story. Um, Diane is pretty sure that he was killed to stop working conditions secrets getting out. Um, and she flies into all sorts of added theories and just she's really, really like full on committed to this story and then like pulls herself back worrying that Guy is going to be put off by the fact that she's obsessed. But he just simply replies, quote, no, you're glowing. It's just so sweet, man. He loves that she loves something, and you just mm -hmm. love to see it. Um, a montage finds Diane and Guy doing some very gumshoe detective work with a bunch of interviews with various ex-staff and other relevant people, to the point where they're called to meet with Jeremiah White Whale himself yet again. Their work has at least found the crosshairs of the ginormous white whale organization. They've done enough to capture their attention. Um, so they've got this invite the next day, um, which Diane questions the motives of because, you know, they must be onto them. It's all very sort of conspiratorial. But, you know, to be fair, there's good reason for having these thoughts. Um, they pause after kind of like, I guess, finishing their work for the day. And uh, Guy has a present for Diane. He's bought her the winter coat, the exact one that she saw in the window. And um, what's nice is that obviously Guy wasn't in that scene where she was eyeing it up. So it's a lovely bit of like that they are more simpatico than perhaps they both realised because they both thought about the jacket and she's the one that's bought it. She absolutely loves it. Why would she not? It matches the same jacket she's worn for six seasons. But <laughs> she notes, she notes um, that she wouldn't need it in L.A. He tries to convince her to stay in Chicago, uh, says that there's nothing for it in L.A. and then adds, quote, I just don't understand why you're so into punishing yourself. And later follows that up with, and it's not just yourself, because every time you get cold, guess who has to give you his coat? Um, he says she has an, quote, ideological objection to feeling good. Um, Diane, in the meantime, great, like, reaction animation. You can see, like, the eyebrows point downwards and the eyes sharpen and we've seen a sort of look before mainly of course with mr peanut butter where gradually she is getting more annoyed and you just sense that outpouring of anger or emotion from diane and it comes albeit on a kind of scaled back way um she's quite annoyed by these assertions noting that she'd like some clarification um after about what their relationship is after of course he was very passive introducing her to all of his friends in the first place um he wants her to just take the coat not just for what it represents but because it's really cold in chicago he desperately wants her to take the coat she returns it to him and um, it's more about what it represents than it being cold and she shivers her way back to the hotel um it's the next day and guy and diane meet on the top floor of white whale and um, she point out the building not being finished means that there are no windows in the building so she does wear the coat if only for its practical reasons and um, they're sat in the uh, jeremiah's conference room and uh, he notes actually that hit pieces have resulted in the stocks going up, which is mm. why their work has been attracting their attention. It's obviously the worst possible news for Diane. Um, but he does confirm, at least with Guy filming, that Matt Miniman's death wasn't an accident. Jeremiah murdered him himself. Diane believes she's got the scoop of all scoops. Not only was her detective work successful, but this video that is going to be the last thing they do theoretically under the white whale umbrella is going to be the one thing that this company doesn't want <laughs> until white whale reveals that just that day congress have passed the law making murder legal if you're a billionaire there's a great gag where diane tries to like argue back with the various layers of American governance that could do something about this. Now, imagine the time frame that this episode was released. It was, of course, in early 2020. Think about the people that were 
mainly in Congress, in governance, and especially in the White House at the time. She says, what about other businesses? What about Congress? What about the president? And White Whale, all he has to do is go, Diane, each time to remind her, yes, I am barking up a million wrong trees. <laughs> yeah, he's almost like, he's almost joyous in how cocksure he is about how he's completely gotten away with another one and says, quote, if you want to do something about it, just make a billion dollars and murder me. <laughs> giving Diane oh. the coldest possible solution to all the problems. Um, we're going to hit the own straight at the episode there. So this is a, a nice opportunity to, I guess, wrap up the, I don't even really want to call it the plot, but it's the, the subplot to the plot, which is, of course, why Diane and Guy have worked together this little bit longer. Diane's progress professionally, I guess, and a great, it, like, and we've had this from the very start with the first mention of the um, takeover by White Whale. I a fantastic commentary on capitalist America, on corporate structures, on gross billionaires, because there's no babyface ones, and just just Bodak Horseman tackling it for the crack, pretty much, just because they can. With everything else going on in the episode, it drops this in, just because why not? Love that. Really, really love that this was the thing they decided to go for when there were so many other very character-based like narratives that they were driving at. I think the the way they've managed to do it is it's it's a real this is like a real Diane episode this. Mm. Even though in fact no, I guess especially because I was gonna say even though the result maybe doesn't go her way, but I think that it makes it even more of a Diane episode because it's the harsh realities of the world versus the sort of morally correct approach to life mm. and having values and having a passion and having beliefs in certain ways of being as a person and ultimately discovering that there is a you can, especially in Diane's field of work, there's a point you hit where you become a problem for someone who's far bigger and 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 badder and nastier and has far more means and anything than you could possibly ever imagine. <laughs> and what happens when you get there? Because there's nothing. There's literally there's nothing you can do, and it's 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 a horrible realization. But you're right. The, the fact that the, the, the Bojack Horseman decided to tackle this, use an episode that probably encompasses Diane's everything literally in mm. one episode we've had a professional like seeing her with the passion in the middle of the night like that's when when was the last time we saw her like that in this show yeah she's been searching yeah. for it for so long to feel like she actually has proper purpose and proper meaning again is truly amazing to see that she, whether or not whether or not she's sort of kind of pushing back against it reconnecting with another person again which you know for better or for worse she was with mr peanut butter and the whole experience left her certainly at arm's length from the male species or from the other species. I don't know if she's yeah. ever actually been with a male in this show, let's be honest. Um, she likes them animals, does Diane. She does. <laughs> she likes them animal people. Um, but yeah, I think watching the way that they kind of just give you all this hope with Diane and then subsequently bring around the harsh realities of both the world in which we're, we, you and I live in, the mm-hmm. fictional world of Bojack Horseman, but also just her very specific own little world. Once again, Diane has hit the ceiling that she's not allowed to go past in her, in her own Truman show. And it it sort of stings a little bit more given how much progress it looks like she's made. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what though, like, and you mentioned about the progress she's made. I thought the writing, it's like, it's a great joke, but the writing really paid her a compliment because it's really difficult to explain capitalism and capitalist control mm. really difficult like the wire put in arguably the greatest ever explanation of it over 
like luxurious seasons of television. Mm. And even then that requires intense investment and reading around the subject and trying to just look at the structures that shape our world, I guess. It's it's enormous stuff. And yet they gave so much credit to Diane's ability to like rock the system that they come up with the gag of billionaires and legalized murder. Mm. Because there has to, there has to be a ceiling that she hits up against that she can can't break through. And they find yeah. it. Yeah. Legalized murder by billionaires is that exact same. She would continue to say but, 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 but yeah. to everything until you are given something as fundamentally ludicrous that anyone can understand whether you have interests in this world or not. Well, hang on, the richer you are, the more you can literally kill people. They've nailed that perfect thing that is the one ceiling that Diane can't break through. And I think that pays a compliment to her, like her will to win in a game that she's just like destined to lose. As you, as you say, it's a game we're all destined to lose the further up we get, you know, the greasy pull. And it's just like, I love that that was the gag they settled on. It's very, very funny, but there's a like mm. a pretty harsh truth to it as well in terms of the people that get further up. And I think the importance of it is, you're right, how wild of a gag it actually is. And yet it doesn't feel one for what it certainly didn't for me. I don't know what it was like for all our listeners as well. You can let us know at Podcast Horseman, but it, it genuinely didn't feel like it was out of the realms of believability. And no. like it's this was obviously long before. I mean, how how would uh, how would podcast podcast horseman, how would Bojack Horseman have known what kind of year we were going to be in for in twenty twenty yeah. when they released the final season? But after the year we've all had in 2020, <laughs> there's nothing I wouldn't believe, Michael. Not a thing. No. But you're right, Diane, it kind of shows you just how powerful of a force she is. When she has the bit between her teeth and when she really is so passionate about something, she's so well-read, she's so intelligent, she's so knowledgeable about these things, and yet none of that matters when she gets to the top of the ladder, only to be greeted by <laughs> a big wheel and his bags full of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a dense end to the episode um so we'll try and cover all of this in one go and then like kind of like settle our thoughts there's a lot to this um diane and guy are at the station waiting for a train at the airport it's all very sad and stilted obviously they've kind of not really come out of that row they'd had the night before about where they were at together but ultimately where diane is going to be is back in hollywood um guy cuts to the chase before she departs saying that he's not the guy uh, that will beg her to stay (laughs) But he is the one that will tell her about all the things Chicago that, uh, has to offer that she'd love, um, the likes of the theatre and the, just the, the general sort of experience of living in Chicago and how it could be better for her, how she could work on a book, um, how she could get to enjoy the culture and the food and, quote, she could be so happy in a warm winter coat. Um, she's really clearly moved by all of this, and uh, but then has to like reply to let him know that she feels shitty all of the time and quote, you have been so good for me, but I can't be with you if you're the only good thing in my life. It's too much pressure. Sorry. Um, she goes to board a train that is appearing, at which point Guy does the kind of cliche, don't get on that train moment from every kind of romantic yeah. person getting on the train scene you've ever seen. However, not because she's leaving, but because it is the wrong train. She <laughs> departs. She departs literally and figuratively in the wrong direction. Trapped on the train, not getting her to the airport. Um, however, she makes it there eventually. And we find this out because it fades into Bojack and Ray in his last letter over clips of Diane flying home. Um, we'll talk a little bit on the letter first, because obviously these things are happening um, in sync with one another. Uh, he notes it was Beverly's last day in rehab today. She's going home. 
Um, but she was sad not knowing who her secret admirer was. It's obviously something we've led to leave by somebody is leaving Beverly snacks every day. So this has developed into her thinking that she's got an admirer. Uh, Bojack says he was getting so annoyed by Beverly's, I guess, gesticulations that he just said it was him. Quote, I'm in love with you. <laughs> to which she replied, quote, oh, I was hoping it was Mario. She cries. People get angry that he's made her cry. And he wonders if any of this was worth it being happy all along, just so that she'd be a little bit sad again. It's as if, but like this whole experience has taught him nothing. But we know that not to be true. Mm. Um, it's a, Again, it's all very petty. It's all very Bojack not necessarily seeing the wood for the trees. But as he's writing the letter, he kind of comes to the conclusion that maybe this has been a worthwhile experience. It's, of course, Muriel Dyer's experience in Chicago as well. Um, he talks about his progress, how he should have done rehab much, much sooner. Um, but he assumed that the person he was before entering rehab was the only way to be. Um, these words in particular are over shots of Diane looking completely expressionless back in L.A., um, on the plane, in the taxi, etc. We get a beautiful shot, one of the best of the whole show, of her sad face in a taxi framed against the Hollywood sign with her face in the place where the D used to be. An absolutely gorgeous one worth pausing Netflix is for. Um, and she is finishing Bojack's uh, last letter back in her apartment. She gets home to find them all piled up on the floor. Obviously, she sent them there. And she's read through them all, one after another after another. Sighs and then calls Guy. Uh, she tells him about how when she was skint and alone in LA, she mastered the art of making grilled cheese sandwiches just to distract her from how depressing it was that she was skint and all alone. Um, as she was flying home, she thought about how much she loves grilled cheese sandwiches, about how they make her feel better and how you can make them anywhere. Both her and Guy smile. The most beautiful and broadest of animated smiles. And we hit the credits to the sound of Fialta's High Above Chicago, which is one sweet goddamn way to cap off a sweet goddamn ending. So you mean it was a feel-good story after <laughs> all? I didn't see it coming, the way they twisted and they turned, and then, sure enough, I feel good. I, I, I tell you what, man, I do love this episode. Really do. I think you hit the nail on the head because it's such a brilliant episode where we dive into all of Diane's everything, but on top mm. of that, the way they decided just at a can't like go well, 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 we'll put a little lesson in about uh, capitalism. Yeah, is what we'll do. And while we're on on the subject, we'll also take our protagonist and have him learn a little bit while he's in rehab too. Why not? Mm. And they've done a fantastic job, a powerhouse, some might say, Michael, of an episode. Um, and yeah, I mean that that closing stretch in particular. There's some real great quotes coming out of it. But I love. I know it's a Diane episode, but I love the Bojack one that he comes out with when he says, the main thing I think about is how stupid I am that I didn't do this sooner, obviously rehab. I wasted so many years being miserable because I assumed that was the only way to be, but I don't want to do that anymore. I just, mm. and watching the way they play that out with Diane, obviously having not, not like that he made her realise it, but the, the realisation is happening simultaneously as she just so happens to be reading these letters. Uh, that have been piled up in a house while she's been away. Lovely stuff, really, really great stuff. And just as a little aside for you as well, because you and I have the same brain, I do actually have literal two literal screenshots from the episode <laughs> that I took at that exact point when it got really close to around the taxi and the Hollywood sign is in the most beautiful detail we've ever seen the Hollywood sign in, which is why it was worth mm. taking a screenshot. It genuinely, it's the most time I think I've seen them ever put into how nice it looks because obviously usually 
it's from quite far away. So there you go. But yes, that's you all wrapped up and done for that side of things, eh? Yeah, there was one, and I just wanted to, again, we have the same brain. It was I wanted to draw on that specifically, that little nod from Bojack, because it's a big revelation to come to mm. in rehab. And it, by sheer coincidence, um, and it's a shout out and a plug to a, another tremendous podcast, I was listening to a podcast called You Are Good, which is a film review podcast framed around the idea of themes of mental health and various other character influences and the like. And it's got just one of my favourite podcasters, um, somebody called Sarah Marshall. Um, you won't forget that name. Speaking... Um, on matters of um, the voices in your head, I guess. Um, and she, without referencing Bojack Horseman, talks about in her youth having a voice that always told her things were awful, that always went into detail about why she was getting everything wrong, that she wakes up in the day and tells her wrong. And she's having to educate herself to just talk happier, to talk more positive in her brain, to try and mm. defeat that voice. And how, for the longest time, she just assumed that everybody had that voice. And I thought, well, that's a stupid piece of shit. I didn't yeah. fully know that until a certain point in my life, but it turns out some people have had that forever and have to learn methods mm. of ways of which to get over that. And it just made me think in this finale that while not directly referencing the stupid piece of shit voice in his head, he once said to Hollyhock that it goes away, believing that it never would, and mm. he might have found something to crack that. And that was nice because it would be lovely if that one lie that he did tell Hollyhock turned out to maybe one day be the truth. There is a way to beat that. And I thought that like... There's all those various little mental health hurdles that we've seen Bojack try to have to leap over and inevitably fall at all of them. That would be a nice one for him to eventually actually pass through. I don't want him to live that life forever because stupid piece of shit tells us how absolutely dreadful it is. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think that's the, the, the huge thing about him even getting to rehab in the first place at the end of season five. We all knew it was the place he needed to go. Mm. We just didn't know if he would actually end up taking to it when he was there. And so far, we've seen sort of hits and misses, I think we could say, in this season. He certainly seems to have taken to it in some ways. And then also, it's been interrupted by others, I think, along the way. But mm. I love that idea of the one lie that he did tell Hollyhock. Maybe he could end up finding a way to make it true. 
which is opposed nice. to all of the nice. truth that he's told that usually <laughs> sometimes end up becoming lies. That's fantastic. Yeah, I really love that. But yes, of course, you'd expect nothing less from the show that is better than the shows you like, of course, in Bojack Horseman. But I think it could be time for some horsing around the part of the show where we go back through the episode from the very beginning and we find all of these small details that you might not have noticed, the uh, hidden meanings behind certain things, and, of course, the Easter eggs within the episode. So let's go back to the beginning where it was all happening at the very beginning of this episode. Of course, we go to what I've described as the Girl Crush website, but then again, it is 2020, so it could be it could be anything at this point. It could even be an app. I don't know. But it is the <laughs> screen of the, the landing page of Girl Cruise that we get where we see all the montage of Diane doing various different stories and bits and pieces. There are seven pages to go through. What a start. So let's get cracking, shall we? So we go to the first page on the Girl Cruise website. And you can see there's a ton of stuff. You'll, you'll kind of get the layout straight away. But uh, the first thing we see is in the, in the search bar in the top right corner, it says Ryan Gosling Gifts, which... Depends, I guess, who's, <laughs> whose phone this is, but someone is queen. Queen is quite keen to see some Ryan Gosling gifts. The uh, the title for the video that we're watching here is Botched Botulism, as Diane explains that the hotel is, or the, the restaurant, I think it is, attached to a hotel. The food that they're serving is giving the birds who are in the pool getting fed at the time avian botulism, of course, hence the title Botched Botulism. We also see in the, in the video that's playing, you can see this waiter who's got a... There's two bird people in the pool fully dressed up, who are getting the dinner as a man throws steel bread at them from the side. <laughs> it's really cute gag, I guess. Because the birds, Michael, I don't know if you know. And below that, you can see as well the other uh, videos, I guess, that maybe you can click on. One of them is called Bizarre Signs of Global Weirding. The other is called <laughs> This Little Llama Wants to Destroy Big Pharma. There's another one called The Textile Industry, Injury, Waste and Super Cute Looks. And, of course, Teenage Boys Are Sewing which is always nice to see. And yeah, and I should point out across the top, you've got Hot Goss, Latest Lols, Trending Viz, which is where Diane's work goes in, Crush Feed, and merchandise as well, Michael. I guess we should maybe try and get ourselves some Girl Crush merch, or would it be Content Spew merch at this point? Who knows? <laughs> we go across to the next page, though, of Girl Crush, and again, a similar layout. This time, though, in the search bar, it says Flying Goslin Gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Because, of course, um, the title for this one is Rings and Ringworm as Diane is outside of a jewellery store. where she's saying that, it's, that they've been selling dodgy jewellery, basically, is the gist. Um, she's got a necklace on that looks suspiciously familiar. It's, it's not it's not the Princess Carolyn one, but it's got a similar style to it, I guess. It's not anywhere near it, but it did make me think of Princess Carolyn's fake dodgy um, necklace that she has. Mm. Um and then at the very bottom, you can see there's a, there's an advert for a company called Philosia, which is just for dental floss, I guess. Um, and below on the, on the next videos you can click on, we have more here, which there's one that's called Fruit and Investigation. <laughs> <laughs> and along with two that you've already read, uh, there's also another one called Texans and New Yorkers Trade Shoes for a Week. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the content that... It's just, that's, that's funnier the more I think about it. It's so funny, isn't it? Texans and New Yorkers trade <laughs> shoot for a week. <laughs> for a week. For a week. Amazing stuff. We go to the next page. Unfortunately, no searches for Ryan Gosling anything in the search bar this time around. But the title on this one is called H2O No, where Diane is talking about the fact that 
there's uh, water missing, uh, and it seems very suspicious that the Mia has sort of not got the water back to wherever they are. In that scene, though, you'll notice there's um, a little convenience store that is called 12-8 as opposed to 7-11. Um, and there's also another bunch of videos at the bottom there. One of them is called, You'll Never Believe What This Doctor Thinks About Food. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other three are ones we've already seen, one about the llama, one about the shoes, and one about bizarre signs of global weirding as well. And we move on to the next page. And what we've got next, we have <laughs> one of my personal favourites from this bunch. <laughs> the video title, Michael, is called Bootin' Gluten, essentially a bunch of people who are protesting about getting rid of certain ingredients from food. And there's a bunch of protesters behind Diane with a bunch of signs. I'm going to do them in order of favourite to least favourite. So, no, sorry, least favourite to most favourite. So we've got one that just says seals against celiac, and there's a seal person holding up the sign. There's also a woman in the background. No, there's a man in the background as well. A woman and then a man who's holding the sign that says, Satan eats Satan. <laughs> <laughs> and my personal favourite, like a warped hog pig looking man whose sign says, Gluten's got me tootin'. For <laughs> <laughs> the picture of an arse and a green puff of smoke, which is what the words are written inside in white text. It's really brilliant, this. <laughs> Gluten's got me tootin. I'll be remembering that one for the future. And we've got a few new videos as well that are suggested at the bottom for next video to watch. One is called, um, actually, no, it might just be the one, if I look quick. Yeah, just the one. It's called Snakeism Explained. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, just in case you were curious. We move on to the next page, page five, I think it is. And this is a cool one. Diane is actually visiting uh, Pacific Ocean City, it looks like. She's underwater. Um, and she's got one of those little helmets on that we saw Bojack had. Of um, course. I saw that flashing by and never made that connection. Indeed, yeah. There's a connection. This one's called The Floor with Straws. <laughs> <laughs> and brilliantly in the scene, you can see, of course, there's a bunch of straws that are just floating around the sea because people have let them go from their drinks and they are just basically polluting up the water. Um, brilliant little gag here. She's interviewing a turtle who's just kind of stood there with a T-shirt and clothes on, uh, just drinking his drink, completely flying in the face of the fact that straws are polluting the water. Um, and again, a bunch of videos across the bottom, but they're all ones that have already been suggested. Whew, we're nearly there. Um, page six, Diane is on a run, Michael. She's This piece is called Running for the Bulls. <laughs> uh, she's sort of in amongst literally a bunch of bulls uh, while she's doing a marathon with her number on, on her chest. Uh, and a cool version of Diane's outfit as she runs... Um, again, there's a new one peeps in the bottom bar there in the next videos. This one's called Why the Dupless Brothers Keep Running Across Busy Freeways. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I will not have slander uh, against those fine look, men. And they can run across as many freeways as they want as long as they keep making those films between <laughs> 60 and 90 minute films. We'll take them all. Thank you very yeah. much. Doing the Lord's work in the runtime game, them two. Yes, they are. 90 minutes or less, please. Hashtag yes. 90 minutes or less. Get it trending. <laughs> um, and finally, on the last page that we see uh, from Diane's uh, Girl Goose website, posts on the video section. This one's called Damn the Damned Dam. And basically, <laughs> uh, Diane is, is <laughs> she's on the scene. The man, you'll remember, who wears a T-shirt that says, my other bike is a tree, if you remember that guy. Take a green T-shirt. He's always on a on a cycle. He's got a yellow beard. 
I see a yellow beard, a blonde beard and hair. He's chained himself to a tree, Michael, and there's a bunch of very angry-looking beavers <laughs> <laughs> with hard hats on and loads of weight off it who just obviously want to cut down the tree to build the dam with, and he won't. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff, this. Um, and that is it from the Girl Crush website. Uh, as well, there's also an advert which I've kept missing out, but it's not that amazing. It just says STFU shoes, and it's just a bunch of shoes on the advert. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, all the little small details from that. Uh, we go to the opening credits this week. There's no big changes from last week, if in fact there's none at all. But there is something mm-hmm. that I hadn't noticed last week. Uh, at the very, very end, when Bojack is looking up from the pool and you see Diana, Mr. Peanut Butter, I don't know why I didn't notice, notice this last week, but the expression on Mr. Peanut Butter's face is different. Like, Ooh. it's very, very small change, but it's completely different. He looks a lot more concerned this time than he did in previous seasons. Like, I think he moves, his head moves left and right a little bit in previous seasons. And this one, he just stares, he's like staring deathly at Bojack down into the water. It doesn't move, which is an interesting choice. I don't know if that's... Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like it a lot. Do you you think that there's maybe something in, he's never felt so much like he's relating to Bojack and now Mm. he's seeing this... He's seeing this as far more than just, oh, no, what's happening to my friend, too? Oh, no, what's happening to me? Because it's yeah. the same as what's happening to my friend. You could argue, possibly, Michael, as he's looking down at the water, Bojack's going down, he's also going to see his own reflection probably in the water as well. So he might be course, seeing a bit yeah. of a a bit of a multitude of, like, that Great could spot. be me, maybe that is me, I don't know. Tiny little right. thing, that, but I had missed it last mm. week, so apologies to everyone. That is certainly something they've changed in the credits. So anyway, we go back to Diane and Guy. They are on the road, and they are driving just on the road towards Chicago. We see some a bunch of lovely signs. One sign is for Chicago East, and the other sign, going west, is for nowhere in particular, because I guess <laughs> if it ain't Chicago, Michael, it's got to be nowhere in the eyes yeah. of the people from Chicago. Later on, though, as we get further down the road, of course, a man who's been to Chicago himself, um, later on, as we get further down the road, there's another big sign that says Chicago Loop Exits. One says Washington Boulevard, one says Monroe Street, and one says Eisenhamster Boulevard instead of Eisenhower Boulevard. Because it's a hamster and it's a show about animals, Michael. So you get what they're doing? You get the gist. You know <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah. You get it. You, you, are, you are in it by now. Six seasons in. <laughs> what are you doing if you're not? Anyway, we go from there across to Parmadillo's Hot Dogs. Love that. Really love that. Um, <laughs> On the outside, you can see the brilliant commentary, perhaps, Michael, on the rise of segways. Uh, is there's a man who is running away for his life, being hunted down by a gang of segway riders. I don't mean that as in, like, they're a proper segway riding gang. They look like a bunch of tourists, but there's so many of them, and they're just trying to run them over <laughs> as they're going up the sidewalk. And um, there's also the shop next door. Is a, it's, looks, it's meant to be a hallmark, but, of course, this is Bojack Horseman, so it's Hall Bark instead, because it's like a dog. Do you get the joke, Michael? Do you get it? <laughs> Inside of Parmadillo's hot dogs, though, Diane has a new ringtone, Michael. She has a brand new ringtone, and this one is from Michael Barbaro, um, who is of the New York Times. He says, from the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. Today, your phone is ringing. Here's what you need to know about people who still use their phone to call people. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. I love Diane's commitment to this bit, by the way. Just continuously trying to have some sort of hipster ringtone of, from a, a personality. I just love it. Mm. Totally love it. We go across to the Girl Crush 
girl crush HQ rather. Um, and we see a shot of Stefani who's on the phone to Diane at one point, and we see the board, the video board that we've seen before. There's a bunch of different um articles and videos that are going higher or lower on the board. You can see all the pieces that Diane's been doing, the uh, botched botulism, the rings and ringworm article, the H2O no article, the boot and gluten article, and the floor with straws article, which seems to have taken the top spot on the video board. Up until a little bit later, Michael, when a brand new front runner pops in, are avocados toast? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we go out of there. We go across to the Every Animal Girl um, store that you mentioned. And there's a, just, there's a quick little gag, a sign on the outside wall that basically says, follow the arrow to Madam Parrot's Tarot. <laughs> That's it. Not elaborated on. It's a cute little gag. For you to enjoy there, Michael. We go to the streets of Chicago and Diane is walking through the, the freezing cold streets and we see that lovely shot where she goes past the store that's called Garb Barn, which I did look up Garb Barn and I didn't get a specific store for it. But I think from comments I could read in some of the uh, forums, Garb Barn is just a place that, like a generic place people go to buy cheap stuff, I think. Oh, okay. But I don't know if it fit the way that it was supposed to look on this show, but mm. there you go, Garb Barn. Anybody who knows the crack, do let us know at Podcast Horseman on that one. Um, but I did also love that winter coat of Diane's that is just styled in the same way as a jacket. Yeah. I thought that was such a nice touch. But she does walk across, Michael, to her hotel for the evening, which is, of course, not the Four Seasons, but the Boar Seasons. Because oh, it's very nice. Boar. It's animals it and it's Bojack Bloody Horseman. We go from there, though, across back to Girl Cruise. And these aren't really anything specific, Michael. These are more poppers than anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean... She's uh, Stefani standing at the place where people get their juice from, which is called the Juice Bar. <laughs> <laughs> but all of that is short-lived because, of course, Spronk comes into play in this exact scene, as well as Content Spew and the sort of whirlwind of hell that Stefani is delivering <laughs> to Diane on the phone at this point. God, I felt it. I felt the horrible n- nature of the takeover and mm. all that potential and content going completely weird and wrong but there you go that's diane's life it's not ours thankfully michael we don't have to worry about that indeed indeed. we go to white whale though of course the big conglomerate which i believe you have the full abbreviation for at some point but we'll not get into that we've got we've had (laughs) enough time of that for now i just love this michael this is a you and a lot of other people might have spent a lot of time thinking to yourself when you were watching this episode what the hell kind of creature is barbara because, God oh, damn it, God. like, she makes the weirdest noises every time she finishes. <laughs> she looks terrifying. Yeah. But she's in a suit. She's got all those tentacles around her mouth. And she does that noise that she makes every time she finishes speaking. I'm not laughing at that because it's accurate. It's just awful. It's so weird. But this is a brilliant show, Michael. It's an excellent show. So there's method in all of the madness. Barnacle, Michael. She's a barnacle person. And why is she a barnacle person? Because barnacles have a tendency to attach themselves to whales, Michael. Oh, great. Brilliant. I mean, how good is that? It's such a oh. tiny detail, that. But, of course, she's a barnacle person. It all makes sense now. Even even the horrible noises that she makes are totally worth it now because there was an end game in sight. Even the name, like yeah. Barnacle. Barbara. Barbara, they've just gone for the oh man, Barbara the Barnacle. There you go. It's a, you. it's it's good that we should do a podcast on the show. It's good. It's really good. We should do someone should do a podcast show. about this show. It's really really good. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, and speaking of being really good, Diane, of course, when she says, I love this guy, she says, I think we're good. And then, of course, she ends up with a bottle of I think we're good, which is <laughs> a light, fizzy water flavoured beverage that she gets while she's at White Whale. Awful stuff, this. The White Whale movie as well, just a quick shout out to that. Brilliantly animated this. Obviously, it's meant to look very much like a Walt Disney kind of thing, quite literally, mm. with the sort of bobbing Mickey Mouse animation of old school Disney. Uh, and then brilliantly, if you watch till the end of the animation, obviously do spend time watching it. It's great. And uh, actually quite a good explanation of capitalism to everybody who, make, who <laughs> yeah. might be broken down for them. In the worst, like your, your worst possible nightmares, but in cartoon form, it's fun and yeah. accessible for everybody to have. Lovely stuff. But also, at the very end of that, it says there's a quick shot of directed by Brad Bird, who, as you may or may not know, Michael, was the renowned animator who has been involved with such films like The Incredibles. Um, so they put his name on there because he's an animator, but also, Michael, because it's Brad Bird. That's why oh, they picked him, because he's a no. bird. You see, of it's just gone, it's Brad Bird. It's gone over your head, hasn't it? No, I, I legit did. I recognise Brad Bird from like maybe The Simpsons as well, and obviously yeah. you know The Incredible. Bunch of different shows. Uh, uh, I, I thought. Do you know what? I thought that was a dig. I didn't like read <laughs> further into it. I thought, oh, like what's the what's the crap with Brad Bird then? But no, it's because his name is Bird. Of course it is. God Brad damn it. Bird. Well, either that or it's both. It might be both. You never know. Maybe it's a dig because he's just everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> even in White Whale's pocket. Who knows? Um, or maybe they're just saying the White Whale's Walt Disney. You you can take away whatever you want from that. For me, I'm not going to point you in those directions. Please, Walt Disney, don't delete our podcast. Um, <laughs> we go from there to Parmadillo Hot Dogs once again. And I love that store here, man. Really do. And there's a brilliant, another brilliant gag on the outside here. There is, see if you can get this one, Michael, outside, two people walking down the street who pass each other and are a bit disgruntled when they see one another. One of them is a bull person, Michael, and he's wearing a jersey that says, the number 23 on it. And another one is a polar bear person and he's wearing a jersey that's got the number 51 on it and they go, they're a bit displeased when they walk past each other. Do you get it? Do you see what's happening here? I Have you like picked up on it yet? Done. It's a sports team gag, Michael. It's all about <laughs> the sports and we're in Chicago so of course the bull person is a representation of the Chicago Bulls, the number 23, of course, for Michael Jordan. And this is one I didn't know specifically but I did know, of course, it was meant to be the Chicago Bears in terms of the colours and the fact that it was polar bear. And the number 51 is the jersey for, I believe, well-renowned Chicago Bears player Dick Butkus, Michael. So there you go. Dick Butkus, yes. The name that you will be familiar with, of course. Um, he, was a, um, he was a guest referee at a WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, if you on. have any interest in our other side hustle, we do a couple of podcasts and a couple of other things. Yes, I'm familiar with the work of Dick Butkiss. It is not Excellent. a funny name. Why are we laughing at Dick no. Butkiss? Dick Butkiss. Not a funny <laughs> name at all. Anyway, speaking of not funny names, Michael, we do, of course, get the wonderful title for Diane's book, which you have already kind of shone light on, but it would feel weird not me not doing it too. Uh, mm. Diane's book of essays that she has titled One Last Thing, and I swear to God, I'll shut up about this forever. Dispatches from the front lines of the war on women, arguments, opinions, reflections, recollections, the razor tax, and of course, it's being cut off. Or, if you are in a bit of a rush, Michael, it's O-L-T-A-T-I-S-T-G-I-S-U-A-T-F-T-F-T-F-O-T-W-O-W-A-O-R-R-T-R-T for sure. Good, Just very in good. case you were curious, I figured I'd give you one of my back, considering I made you do Hollywood stars and celebrities watching and all <laughs> the other things out time and time again. 
There you go. It's all come back to your full circle. I hope you're happy. And I'm not doing it again, so don't even ask. Uh, we go to the Chicago Art Institute from there. And Michael, for a show that we have spent so long describing how many times they've brought in real-life artwork and they've done their version or a twist on it and put it into someone's bedroom, someone's house, someone's office, you name it, they've done it. Well, of course, they've literally gone to the Chicago Art Institute. So this must have been like a wet dream for whoever enjoys putting all the art pieces in. I would imagine mm. it's probably Lisa Hanawalt or someone of that ilk. But here we go. Let me break them down for you because as we first get in there, just on the outside of the Chicago Art Institute, rather, um, is the there's a statue, a lion statue, which uh, the actual statue is one that's been made by Edward, artist Edward, and apologies if I get this name wrong, Kemi's or Kemi's, K-E-M-E-Y-S, Kemi's, I believe. Uh, and the lion statue can be seen outside, but of course, this is Bojack Horseman. So the lion isn't a lion, it's a lion person who has kind of taken, it's been merged with the um, the statue, the thinker, uh, the Austin Roden okay, yeah. um, statue. So the lion is doing the thinking pose with a lion head instead of the usual lion just standing on all fours. And brilliantly, of course, because it's more of like a meta gag on top of meta, there's two pigeon tourists who have floated up and landed on the head of the lion who are just taking pictures with it, but also because pigeons spend time on statues. Love that. <laughs> Love this show. We do go inside, though, and there's a bunch of actual art on the walls, so you can imagine they were very excited when they got the chance to do this. There's three that are sort of in front of Isabel, uh, who, of course, is the woman they go to meet to discuss all of the dark and seedy undergoings of White, uh, White Whale. And also there are three bits of art on the wall behind her. So we'll do the ones that are in front of her first. On the right is a Bojack Horseman take on the, uh, the art of Tanaka Atsuko. And the art is an untitled piece from 1964 that you'll see on the wall there. That's the one on the right. When you're looking at the screen, you can see in front of Isabel. Uh, in the middle is a, the Bojack World take on George Surat, a Sunday on the Grand Jatte, or Jatte, J-A-T-T-E, a painting that was done in 1884. And then also on the left of that is a painting by, or the Bojack version of, a painting by George Lemons, Portrait of the Artist's Sister, that was done in 19, uh, 1891, excuse me. So they're all lovely, mm. very nice too. Yeah, I love this, nice. I love the attention to detail they spend on these, man, I really do. I bet someone has yeah. a real, a real... Wheel of a time doing it, Michael, eh? Hey? Hey? <laughs> also, though, the images that are behind uh, Isabel on the wall, let me just quickly run them down for you. On the right of her, so again, if you were looking at the screen where Isabel is facing us this time, and we see behind her, on her right is uh, Jules Breton's The Song of Locke from 1884. In the middle, we've got Winslow Homer's The Herring Net. Great picture, that. Obviously, they've done it in here in Bojack Horseman fashion from 1885, that one was. And on the left, you will see Mary Cassatt's The Child's Bath from 1893. All lovely bits of art on their own right outside of the show, but I love the way that they've tweaked them and added like Bojack World elements to them to make mm. them that little bit funnier. I say a little bit funnier. A lot of them aren't very funny at all. They're quite serious kids. <laughs> they still look good. and they add it's, to the it's very loving, isn't it, I think? It is. So, oh, it really is, man. Those pieces. Well, just think about how long it must take them to actually make those bits. That then yeah. go into the show. It's not like they've just got them in hand to stick in, have they? So wonderful stuff. I love this show so much, Michael. The more we do this, the more I think this is a good <laughs> show. This so much to do a podcast about it. <laughs> um, Isabel, I love this. Isabel is a great character to just pop in for this episode and sort of just an eye patch, do the whole Moby Dick shtick, and just. <laughs> <laughs> 
This line in particular, though, really did pop me. She says, <clears throat> you might even say, White Whale is my green light at the end of the dock. <laughs> 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 Before berating Diane, who's very confused, she says, it's a great Gatsby reference. Read a book. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Uh, to Diane, of all people, who's probably read that book a million times. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, just as we get back outside, there's uh, more pigeons have started to gather on top of the lion head, as in more tourists, but also quite funny because more pigeons just popping across to have a bit crack with their mates. Um, when Diane is back at, uh, I believe it's a guy's house, and she's on her laptop, uh, we see a few th- funny things here, very entertaining things. Of course, we mentioned uh, in last week's episode, Poodle web browser instead of Google this time around. Uh, but there's a little tab that she's got left open that says regret us some, Michael. I don't know if you remember this, um, but regret us some was the furniture that Diane bought at the end, I believe, of season five after she, oh no, maybe at the beginning of this season, actually, after her and Miss Peanut Butter had done the dirty deeds and he broke all of her furniture from Ikea, of course. Uh, yes. Regret us yeah. some, some is spelled S-O-M-N, but of course, full of regret for cheating on pickles with Mr. Peanut Butter, or you know what I mean, whichever way around that goes, yeah. you know. Yeah. But on the tab that she currently has open on Poodle, um, it's when she's searching for results for Matthew Miniman. We see a few bits and pieces here. One of them says, Matthew Miniman, a bit. He was a factory worker for White Whale Inc. Matthew Matt Miniman, 34, died as he lived, mysteriously. He survived <laughs> by his parents, Mervyn Merrill Miniman, and 53 siblings. A celebration of Matt's life will take place next Thursday at the Holy Mackerel Church. In <laughs> <laughs> There's also another story that says, death on the factory floor. Former factory worker speculates on, and then the, the bit below says, we talked to a former worker at White Will Inc. who says there's something fishy about the death of his co-worker, Matt Miniman. And then finally, we see, <laughs> somewhat, de- not depressingly, but I guess, in this context of him being dead, not great, really. Matt Miniman, his profile on Plenty of Fish, Michael. <laughs> a tiny tagline that says, just a humble fish seeking to row, R-O-E, my boat. Oh, great. Brilliant, man. Good Lord. <laughs> Holy mackerel church. Holy mackerel church, man. How good is that? Also, though, brilliantly, on Diane's um, screen, we can kind of see a few little things floating around her desktop. One of them is roughed, uh, a, a document called Ruff, spelled R-U-F-F Draft, which no, uh, no, not lost on me there, the sort of Mr. Peanut Butter comparisons of Ruff Draft underscore copy, um, which is, I'm assuming, the uh, sort of rough draft for her piece. Uh, one last thing, and I swear to God, I'll shut up about this forever. Dispatches from the front lines of the war on women, arguments, opinions, reflections, reflections, and the race attacks. Um, perhaps that's just a speculation. There's also a brilliant JPEG on there, which just said, which is called RBG underscore FTW JPEG, Michael. And it just mm-hmm. happens to be a picture of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And it's, of oh, course, the nice. abbreviation Ruth Bader Ginsburg for the win, which I love very much. There's also finally at the very, very bottom. Uh, a little bit of fan fiction that she's working on, Michael, about Kai Reisdell. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, Kai Reisdell, of course, the American radio journalist and the host of the business program Marketplace, as well as the podcast Make Me Smart that he hosts with Molly Wood for people yeah. who are yeah, with the world of Kai Reisdell. Ristel, Reisdell, there you go. I'm sure someone can correct us on that one. But I love those desktop gags when there's ever a little, a little thing or two kicking around there as well. 
So we're in Guy's house, though, uh, looking at Diane's laptop. We pull out and we can see on the wall of Guy's uh, living room, there's a great poster, Michael, which is a framed poster of the Bojack Horseman equivalent of the film High Fidelity. Only it's not High Fidelity, Michael. It's Hyena Fidelity, of course. Nice. Very good. A little twist on that one. The White Whale HQ, though, of course, when Diane goes to visit there and finds out that apparently billionaires can just kill people now. Um, (laughs) Whip her phone out quickly to see if that's actually a thing. And across in incredibly massive letters, it says, billionaires allowed to murder. The court below says, wow, we finally agreed on something. And this, and the quote comes from Prancy Felosi, Michael. (laughs) So I will let you, I'll let you take from that what you will. I'll move on quickly before we get into any more trouble. <laughs> um, we go from there to the train station where Diane and Guy are having their little, um, I guess, their showdown before she leaves. Uh, and I just love that quote from here where she says, well, not love it, as in I love that she's going through it, but love the just the realness of it. I feel so shitty all the time. I feel like the whole world is pushing in on me, except for when I'm with you, which I just thought was quite mm-hmm. nice. Diane, bless her, trying to have it and just, not quite being able to put the pieces together at that point. Uh, we go across to Airbud International Airport, of course, where Diane's plane lands when she returns to LA from Chicago. A really quick but great gag here where a plane flies past uh, called Southwest. Um, the airplane is called. And I think you might have already started to unravel what might be going on here because the plane flies past and it's a twist on Southwest Airlines, a real life airline. But of course, a sow is an adult female pig. So, of course, Michael. Pigs can fly, and brilliantly, Brilliant. the aeroplane itself is a pink aeroplane that is literally covered in mud. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is really If good. it wasn't good enough. Pigs can fly, Michael, and they're in the airport, at the airport, International Airport. From there, though, we go across to Latriste Apartments, the sad apartments where Diane returns to all of her pile of mail. Uh, you'll notice as well, so we get the letters from Bojack, but beneath those um, are a bunch of letters from a company called Kikara, Michael, which is instead of Cricket Wireless, we've gone for Kikara again, which is the uh, Kichara Kikara, which of course is an insect itself. It's just mm. a twist on cricket because that's how this show works. And Bojack's narration here as well, we've mentioned it already, but I just want to reiterate this. I love this line again. The main thing I think is about how stupid I am that I didn't do this sooner. I wasted so many years being miserable because I assumed that was the only way to be, but I don't want to do that anymore. And fingers crossed, a big stupid piece of shit horse is actually learning something in rehab. Mm. And you mentioned it yourself, but just to uh, put the spotlight on it once again, the closing song from the episode, Michael, was the song High Above Chicago by Fialda, which is a great song, and I bet yeah. you enjoy it even more as a person who's actually been to Chicago too. I uh, seem to recall irritating the living shit out of you with the amount of times <laughs> I mentioned how I'd been to Chicago, only for this, and again, we are a spoiler-free podcast, only for this very notion to be <laughs> just a laser-focused subject of a joke in a later episode that we will get to. I uh, I was put brilliantly in my place, but I do wish my place was Chicago a little bit more. I would like to go back one mm. day. It was that it was that great. I would like to go back again, thousands of miles away as we are here in the UK. Not to try and do my own Bojack Horseman gag here, but I was actually the only time I've ever been to Chicago Airport. Well, I was stuck in O'Hare Airport and I couldn't mm. get back out. I was like stuck <laughs> there for like three or four hours while we were waiting for a flight to go from um, Chicago to Dallas, and it was an yeah. absolute nightmare. All the electronic um, passport stuff had failed so they were having to put everybody through oh, one at a time no. 
it was a disaster. But I would like to go and actually experience the city, which would be nice, which I haven't done yet. Looks mm. great in this show anyway, if nothing else. Recommended, recommended. Indeed. Well, that's everything from the horsing around this week. But of course, as always, Michael, and now everybody who's probably been you, you knew already. <laughs> but of course, where did we get the inspiration for one last thing? And I swear to God, we'll shut up about this podcast forever. Well, of course, it came from Diane's book title. There it is. We've waited patiently for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn it, we've waited patiently. I think we're like 71 episodes in now or something. And oh, now, something along those lines in our podcast alone, not in the show, of course. There's still more to come in Bojack Horseman. But here we are. One last thing. And I believe we do still have time for some ourselves. Would you like to go first or second in this particular episode? I'll sneak in first, if that's okay. Oh, um, you can do anything was- you want. It was indeed inspired by Diane, who was herself in inspiring form in this episode. It's like our our long running joke finally faded off after six seasons. Um, but <laughs> it's Diane I want to talk about because we've shared our, I guess, like mutual satisfaction over how happy Diane is in this episode. Um, how things have finally come together, how we have both versions of the meaning of the word content when it comes to Diane's life. And I just found it interesting that Diane is happy, settled, content in an episode in which Bojack doesn't appear for so much as a single frame. <laughs> he <laughs> is not a visible presence in her life and her life is actually going okay. And I don't know how much, like they could have been crueler to Diane in this episode, but I found it interesting that one where we get nowhere near visually seeing Bojack, we see a bit of satisfaction for Diane herself. I couldn't agree with that more, man. I think that's very, very deliberately they've sort of highlighted just how much better Diane's life might be if Bojack wasn't necessarily a regular fixture in it. But she actually, <laughs> and she said it herself, though, hasn't she? She she likes him. They get on well. They are very similar in many ways, but unfortunately, sometimes a bit too similar. And Misery does indeed love company, unfortunately. And together, yes. they make a not-so-productive team at times, I think it's fair to say. A very mm. complicated relationship is theirs. But... Mine is a little bit less interesting and just a noticeable thing that I found in this episode that I thought was worth drawing attention to. When we are in, indeed inside uh, Parmadillo's hot dogs, um, you'll see a bunch of stuff on the walls. But the most notable thing I pulled out from there were a bunch of license, plate that were, license plates rather, Michael, that were on the wall. And three familiar, familiar ones that you might remember if you are right into your details with this show. There's one on the wall that is O-T-T-R-L-V-R, which is Otter Lover. There's one that's Fast Fur, and there's one that just says Bruising. (laughs) Um, (laughs) These would look familiar to anybody who has watched Season 5, Episode 4, and can remember when we visited the watering hole, I believe it was with Todd and Mr. Peanut Butter in the episode where Peanut Butter's trying to be a hard man and trying to sort of look like the real deal as we go inside there. The same license plates, along with a bunch of others, are also on the wall inside the watering hole bar in ah. season five, episode four. So I don't know if they've just put them there as a cute thing, just for whatever reason. But as soon as I saw Otter Lover, I was like, ah, remember, <laughs> ah, well, I'm not going to forget an Otter Lover. <laughs> oh, fantastic. That's what a great good. spot and like good memory for thinking about that as well. Indeed, a tiny detail, but just a fun one. Nonetheless, they do spend time on this show, mm-hmm. a lot of time, far more. Than we probably do on this podcast, but hey, <laughs> we still put the work in, nevertheless. Anyway, that's everything from this week's episode. The only thing that remains is for us to do our usual bit and plug the podcast once again because we love you guys interacting with the podcast. We love seeing those 
Um, the views going in, the views, the listen count going up every week. It's been a delight to watch from the very beginning. We're at season yeah. six now, and we want to make this one as big of a season as we possibly can. Um, so, yeah, if you would like to give us a follow, Twitter or Instagram at Podcast Horseman for that one. And you can also follow either of your hosts if you would like as well. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at It's Adam Nicholas, or you can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Um, you can get us podcasts on Apple Podcasts, where we'd love you to follow or subscribe on Spotify, where we'd love you to follow on all the podcast apps. I'm not going to bury the giant company because capitalism has taken enough of a hit in this episode. But you know who I'm talking about. Ultimately, Listen, everywhere. at the end of the day, Michael, if you want to have a real big hit at them, all you've got to do is become a billionaire and then you can make them. Oh, if only. If only. I would at least... I would... <laughs> Oh, at least make the delivery of the podcast quicker because the parcels never come on time. Um, yes, anywhere where you can find podcasts, you can find Podcast Horseman. Uh, and indeed, much like on that famed delivery website, five-star reviews are currency in this game. If any of those apps permit you to uh, leave us a five-star review, that would be great. And for that, we will dish out a star on our Hollywood talk of fame. Check out the app, Podcast Horseman at Podcast Horseman Instagram account for some of those stars, lovingly created by Adam Nicholas himself. And the star this week that we were dishing out is to ASDF Janelle. That's ASDF Janelle. Thank you very much for your five-star review titled, I can literally listen to these guys talk themselves horse about the talking horse for hours. It's five-star review. And it says, this is such a good podcast to listen to when I'm at work because it's like I'm watching TV without actually watching. I'm not even ashamed to admit that I just discovered this podcast one week ago and I'm already caught up to date. Bojack Horseman has been one of those series I watch over and over again on Netflix and I've been watching since the show came out. Even with seeing it as much as I have, there are still some details I miss, things about characters I haven't considered. I love the analysis these guys do as well as how they do the tedious things I always mean to do during rewatches, but I'm always too lazy to actually do. For example, reading out, Nicholas, your deserved praise is coming. Reading out the newspaper articles and all the signs and background details in the scenes. Couldn't agree more with that. You guys are doing great and I'll be sharing it with my friends who also enjoy the show. Thank you ever so much for what a lovely review that is. Like, we really appreciate that. I know we joke a little bit that you can say something nasty or say something nice because it's all about fooling algorithms and stuff. That's because we don't want to lie to you. We all know that's what reviews are for. Nonetheless, yeah, all these reviews are really, really grateful. I, this made me think that sometimes I don't say enough that when people do say nice things, it's really meaningful and we're, it's really, really appreciated. We love doing this. It's indeed a labour of love, but compliments on the labour nonetheless are hugely appreciated. Thank you very much for that. I second that about you hovering over those details, such as in this very episode on the Girl Cruise articles in the newspapers and the like. They've put the work in and it's very much appreciated that you do too. And speaking of you putting the work in, thank you very much for your review, ASTF Janelle. And a start on the Hollywood Talk of Fame will be winging its way to you sometime soon. Just when I thought you were going to end on a good note there, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, just take it away. Just when I thought I was out, he pulled me back in. God <laughs> damn it, Michael. No, we do. We really appreciate them, genuinely. Like, I can't reiterate this enough, and we probably say this very often, but we literally started this podcast because we just wanted to talk about Bojack Horseman, and we figured not enough people were watching this show, and it is literally prestige god-tier-level television, and not enough people are talking about it or watching it. Uh, And here we are. We're on season six. I don't know how that's happened, but Mm -hmm. we're still here. We haven't been completely squashed or consumed by Amazon yet, which is good. Uh, long may that continue. <laughs> and Disney, hands off. <laughs> but yeah, 
So far, so good. And I've, I've been enjoying it. Thank you again to everybody who does give us those reviews. And you know what it is? I do deserve some praise, Michael. I do. Bloody takes ages to find all those <laughs> newspaper bits. It does. And I appreciate it. I just wish you'd start pulling your way there. One day, you'll actually do some good work on this podcast. And then we'll be at the very top of the charts. And it'll be amazing. Uh, sorry, the Skype call cut off there. What you say? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know I'm only joking. Your work is absolutely tireless and much appreciated. As you juggle two kids along the line as well. Something I don't have to worry about. Anyway, speaking of things that I have to worry about, let's go <laughs> and do a quick Netflix synopsis for next week's episode before we leave. Um, season six it is, and it's episode four. Surprise! No, no, that's just the title of the episode, Michael. Don't, <laughs> don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. Todd organises a surprise wedding for Pickles and Mr. Peanut Butter, but the party quickly goes off the rails when Mr. Peanut Butter makes a confession. Oh, oh that sounds like a very quiet and uneventful episode where nothing particularly of note is going to happen. Maybe you could give it a miss. I don't know. Hey, I've just got, I've just got RSI listening to you like, describe the synopsis in preparation for the steam that's coming off my notepad next week. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, I hadn't even thought about that yet. Yeah, that's not uh, well. well, if you want to know why Michael Hamlet won't be sleeping for the next week, I guess you'll have to come back on next week's episode to find out why on both Podcast Austin and Indeed, Bojack Horseman. Until then, I've been Adam Nicholas. I've been Michael Hamflet. And this has been Podcast Horseman. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.